Hello and welcome to the Free Life Community Church Podcast. My name is John DeLille, and I'm the communications guy at Free Life Community Church in Terre Haute, Indiana. Each week, Senior Pastor Dan Willis brings a rich, detailed, and relevant message grounded in Scripture, which is recorded on Sunday mornings and made available for you right here. You can find more messages at freelifecc.com or in the Google Play and iTunes podcast app. Hey, if you've benefited from listening to these messages, we ask that you try to help us out. You can help us out in two different ways. First, you can give us a rating in the app store that you use. Secondly, share this podcast with a family member, a friend, or a colleague. This really does help us to get these messages into the hands of the people who can really benefit from them. All right, without further ado, here's Senior Pastor Dan Willis. Uh, I don't want today to be blasé. I mean, it kind of has been, I think. I feel like there's kind of a, but there shouldn't be. Friends, we should be happy and excited that people were willing. They wouldn't have done it if they weren't willing. You know, they wouldn't have done it. I mean, I served because I wanted to. Every veteran will tell you, they served because they wanted to, unless they were drafted, some of them didn't. But most of them, when they got there, wanted to serve their country. They did. And, uh, you know, and the ones that don't, well, they don't stick around long. It's just, you know, we should be happy and excited that these things happen. Yeah? We should be happy and excited that we can honor them in this manner, in this way. Have your Bibles. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49. Scroll down to verse 8. Friends, God knows your name. You're going to sing that in a little bit. Actually, not too long, I don't think. And the fact of the matter is, not only does God know your name, He's written it down. He's written it on the palms of His hands. And if you'll accept Him, He will write it in the Lamb's Book of Life. How about that? If you needed something today, there it is. Your names are already written down on the palms of his hands. And if you accept him in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amazing. Does the scripture tell us that? It certainly does. Isaiah chapter 49, starting at verse 8. Listen carefully. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of my salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out and to those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will find neither hunger nor thirst. Nor will the desert heat nor the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads and all my highways will be raised up. See, they will come from afar, some from the north, some from the west, some from the regions of Aswan. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord comforts his people. He will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And this is God's reply. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are never are, are always before me. Now, friends, as I begin to think about what God has said here, there is a memory 
within me that is distinct. I do not know exactly if it was a one-time event, if it was several tied together, when it actually occurred and happened, or how old I was that I began to remember it. I do, however, remember that it began when I was in the first grade. Now, I don't know, at, you know, at 57 years old and nearly 58 here pretty soon, that you should remember your first grade, in, but I do. Does anybody remember first grade? Some do. I think it, a lot of it has to do with how old you are. Uh, the older you get, the less you remember about those earlier times. But, you know, if you're a second grader, probably you remember it pretty good, right? So it's just life, unless something significant has happened. I remember my first grade teacher. I was the only one in my family to have this one. She was new. Everybody else had the old faithful that had been there forever and a day, and we had, a, we had so many kids in our class that they added a second teacher, and I got that one, and nobody else in my family, before me or after me, got her. So that's significant to me. And I remember we were learning our ABCs. Do anybody remember? Well, some of you still don't know your ABCs, probably. <laughs> right? I mean, you probably do, but you think, you hear the kids reciting it, and you wonder if you could recite them all the way through. Uh, I remember in fifth grade, uh, we learned all the states and their capitals. And I can pretty much do it if I sing the song. That gets me there, Yeah. So you remember things even when you're an adult and they kind of stick with you. And hopefully your ABCs are one of those things that stuck with you. And, and as we were learning them, we, we learned how to write each letter very carefully in lowercase and then uppercase on these uh, broadly lined uh, tablets made of this grayish white newsprint and it had the uh, uh, solid... Uh, blue-green lines that were divided into rows. The top and the bottom were solid, and the middle were, 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 was dotted. Anybody remember those? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't the only one that had that. Okay, good. And so we were to write the alphabet within the confines, you know, of, of these, these, these lines, making sure that the letters were curved or crossed or they were slanted at exactly the right point on the dotted line. Right? This was called penmanship, and I was not very good at it. In fact, I'm still not very good at it, but I get by. You will also notice that if you ever get a note from me, it will never be in cursive, because you might not read it. Uh, I still print. I can write in cursive, I think. Penmanship, don't have. That's why I type. I type way faster than I write, and I'm grateful that God made computers and typewriters. That's me. Some of you write beautifully. I know that because you take so much painstaking time to write everything perfectly, and I scribble. Maybe I'm too much. My teachers all told me I was too much in a hurry. I Probably true. But I remember this daunting task of forming each letter tediously, slowly, and with care. But somehow, my hands just didn't seem to want to do what my mind wished it would. 
And so I found that my letters bore very little resemblance to the row of the upper and lowercase letters at the top of my tablet. I couldn't do what so many others in my class were able to do, mainly the girls, right? Because boys, I think most boys struggle to, in their penmanship. Girls are always better with it. But they did it so beautifully. And I also remember having my tablet and going to my grandparents' house in South Bend. I had two sets of grandparents. My background, you know, my mother died when I was four. My father remarried a year later uh, or so, and we moved from South Bend to Warsaw. But both sets of grandparents were still in town. And, and I would periodically, my sister and I would go and visit them. Uh, me to one side on dad's side and she to the, my mother's side. And then we would kind of, well, she never went over, she didn't really do that, but I did. I would go to both. And my grandmother on my dad's side was, she was a character. Her name was Cora. She was a character now. Grandma was a rough customer. You didn't mess with her. Nobody messed with Grandma. And even today, I think I would be afraid of her in some regard. But she could write so beautifully. It, 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 wasn't, it didn't resemble anything you would see today. The way she did it was way, way old school. I mean, it was, she put marks and lines and letters that we don't use anymore there. It wasn't old English, but it was similar, I guess. It was just beautiful. And she did it in cursive, for goodness sake. I, I used to marvel, but it would take her a half hour to write her name, you know, that kind of thing. But she was beautiful at it. And, I, and she did it with no lines, right? I couldn't do it with the lines. And, it was, and I think she was a little bit frustrated with me because I, I, I took my tablet up there uh, one summer as I was staying. And I remember Grandma had been a teacher before she became a nurse. And so she taught me all sorts of, of different things, how to behave in a restaurant or in public, how to use a napkin and utensils that you'd use to eat with properly as well as what they were and when they, what they were for and when to use them. And she taught me proper table manners. She taught me word usage, taught me big and new words as well as words that even then weren't still being used anymore and they wouldn't be today. She had different little cliches she would say if you were upset she'd say don't get your bowels in an uproar <laughs> and if my family hears this my dad's going to fall out because she said that all the time i mean you, we don't we don't talk like that anymore and i remember grandma helping me with my tablet i had it and i was staying with them and i was on some sort of a break from school and she was frustrated with my slow progress and I remember asking my grandmother to write my name on my tablet because when she did hers, it was beautiful. And I thought, Grandma, can you, can you write my name on my tablet? And I thought she would write, and my, you know, Danny, because everybody called me Danny. They called me Danny because my dad's name was Daniel as well. And so he was Dan, I was Danny. And so, to different, so that's what happened. And so she wrote Daniel Allen Willis. And it shocked me. I've never seen my name like that before. And Grandma was picky about nicknames. 
She didn't care for the names that my brother and my sisters called me. She didn't like them using Danny because it was Daniel, you see. And so when she wrote it on there, I said, is that my name? She said, that's your name. And then she pointed to Daniel, and then she pointed to Willis, and she sounded them out as if I had never heard them before. And there it was, my name. This is the name that I had been called since I had been received to my adoptive family, because I was adopted, you know. And that name was as much my own and a part of me as the STP t-shirt that I got from my dad. You see, my mother had died in November, and the following spring, my dad went to Indianapolis to Indy 500 with some friends at work, and he came home, and uh, he had two STP t-shirts. They were white with the big red STP on them all over it. One of, both of them were way too big for me. Uh, and my grandmother, his mother, sewed one of them, you know, down the side, turned it upside out, turned it sewn down the sides so that I, it would actually fit me decently. And she even hemmed it. So I, and then, so she said, we're not going to do both of them. We'll do one, and then when you grow in the other one, you'll have, you'll have it. And she was right. Friends, I wore that thing all the time. I slept in it. I, I, I loved that. Why? I lost my mom, and this came from my dad. It was just something special to me. Everybody knew it was mine because I wore it all the time. But nobody, I, people knew I was going to wear that t-shirt, but nobody ever called me Daniel, you see. I remember a sense of awe, at least as much as a six-year-old can be awestruck, and thinking, wow, that's my name. That's me, right there on that piece of paper, right there on that tablet. That's my name as though my name had taken on a life of its own, because it had. As a six-year-old, I didn't know what life held for me. I certainly didn't envision today. No, I didn't aspire to be a minister. I aspired to other things. Some of them came to fruition. Most of them didn't. But the name remains. As I said, I'm not sure about the details of the memory, how it all came together, but I'm sure about the feelings that I had toward it, a feeling that somehow I was more real, more important or something like that, you know, more permanent because my name had been written down before me, the, the whole name, you know. And I'm happy to tell you that I did eventually learn to write my own name, not well probably, but acceptably. And, it, and, and, and not, not only that, I was promoted to second grade with all the ceremony accorded to a six-year-old. But that's another story. Friends, Memorial Day is about names. Tomorrow, our nation pauses to remember those who have given their lives in service to their country. And it's customary for the president to designate a time for the entire nation to pause in silent tribute for those who have paid and given the ultimate sacrifice for duty, honor, and country. And so in thinking about this day and this sermon, I considered reading the names of the 5,000-plus soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who have given their lives in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I calculated that even if we read one name per second, it would take us over two hours to read all the names. And that would put us well past 1 o'clock, so that thought flitted away. I dismissed it. 
And then it occurred to me something very true. You see, we really don't want our routines changed. And if it took us past 1 o'clock just to read those names, it might upset us. And so we don't even want to really upset our routines for the reading of 5,000 names who sacrificed even recently. So today we're not going to read their names, although maybe we should. But I was also reminded that we should read the names of those who died at the World Trade Center on 9-11. And as I watched that memorial for the dead of the tragedy so many years ago now, that it's been a while now, I was moved as family members and friends came one by one to the podium to speak. And they always said the name of their mother, father, sister, brother, nephew, niece, friend, or whatever the person was. And they wanted all the world to hear. Why? Because we don't want their names to just vanish. We don't want their names to disappear from our consciousness. Like the dust cloud that hung over New York City on that fateful day. We don't want to just get on with our lives or travel and shop. That will come in time. But for now, we remember. No, we stop. We call the names of those who were lost. We speak their names into our collective memory so that we'll never forget them. Even today, so many are putting vinyl lettering and crosses and whatever on the back of their windows or their cars and trucks of somebody that's gone on that they miss. Why? Remember. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some names I remember. I remember the names of some fallen and dead on this memorial weekend. I remember my friend Ken Jones. He was in my sister's class. He was two grades ahead of me at Warsaw Community High School. We played varsity baseball together. I was pretty good, so was Kenny. He was a basketball player too, and basketball uh, finished a little bit later than wrestling typically did, so I was out at the beginning of baseball, and he came in after basketball had ended because Warsaw was really good, always was, and always went into the tournament deep. And so basketball players came to baseball or track after that was over. And so I remember meeting him as a sophomore. He was a senior. He was a starting pitcher and an outfielder, and I was a shortstop, relief pitcher, and sometimes a center fielder. Became fast friends, can't tell you why. Two grades apart, and we still became fast friends. Maybe because I just got my license, and Kenny was a daredevil in his car, and his was cooler than mine, I don't know. But we always hung out together and did things and did stupid stuff, by the way. And no, I'm not going to tell you what it was. Either way... I remember Kenny graduated, went to college, enlisted in the Army Reserves. And I remember two years later, sitting in shop class as a senior, being a big shot now, you know, and kind of forgotten about him a little bit, I guess. He kind of went on to life, and I was still in school, and, you know, it was in the spring, and I remember graduation was coming up soon, and I had plans. I was going in the Marine Corps, and, and I remember on announcements that morning, the principal came on and started talking about announcements, and... Uh, announced that Kenny had been killed in a training accident. I don't know for sure how Kenny died. I don't know if he received any medal or if he got an honor or if anybody 
consider him a hero. I just know his name is written on a gravestone in Warsaw, Indiana, and mine is not. I remember Junior Pickens. Junior was a, a friend from Ring Corps Boot Camp in San Diego. He was a he was a he was a a black guy, and I'm a white guy, you know, of course. And and you know, when you're Marines together, they're, they're, we're just together. We don't think about race, you know. And he and I became fast friends. He was a cut up. He was a maniac. He used to bust me up all the time. And I remember looking him up in Beirut when we were both sent there from different units, me from Hawaii and him from Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I also ran into another friend from boot camp. His name was Tim Harvey. He was our platoon guide. He was from Toledo, Ohio. And he also got sent to Beirut from a different unit. I remember Junior being this, like I said, this big clown, always making fun of the drill instructors when they weren't looking, and that, that took guts. Right, Marines? Didn't it? Okay. Now, everybody did it, but you never wanted to get caught, okay? And, of course, if you did, it was bad, right? There was a thrashing coming, right? And, if, and by the way, if one Marine or one recruit gets caught, everybody pays for it, especially everybody in their squad. Everybody paid. Craig, right? Hey. Well, there's a lot of things that happen. And I remembered those things when I became a drill instructor, too. And at that time, they were telling us, don't do those things. But we did them anyway. <laughs> we were taught that way. By golly, they're going to be trained that way too. Any case, this kid was constantly screwing around and horsing around. And we all paid for it a lot of times, but he always made me laugh, so I didn't mind so much. Because, well, if they're going to teach me mind over matter, you don't mind it, don't matter, I'm going to exercise it. <laughs> right? And it was worth it, the funny stuff he would do. Harvey became this strong person, never phased by the constant hazing we got in boot camp. It never phased him, never bothered him. And it was great to see both of them again. I hadn't seen neither since boot camp almost a year and a half before. I was now a corporal, and they were both Lance Corporals. And you can imagine the sickness in the pit of my stomach when they were both killed. Harvey one day while on patrol and Junior the following day when hit with a rocket on his observation post. I still think about those guys, all three of them. But I don't think about a lot of the others that I've known. Why? Because those three died serving their country and the others didn't. I remember their names. I always will. Because I remember their sacrifice. And Memorial Day is about names. So whose names do you remember today? Now that you've given me the privilege of sharing some names I remember, maybe you would like to do the same. Some of you who served in World War II, some in Korea, some in Vietnam, maybe in some other conflicts or arenas. For the next minute or two, here at, 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 at Free Life, at home, at Mecca, maybe you would just speak out that name. We're not going to talk about them. We're not going to tell who they were. We're not going to stand up. Just say the name. Why? Because we need to remember their names. Somebody you know who is a veteran or someone who gave their life. Say their names. Come on. Keep coming. Come on. Don't be shy. Share their names. Say their names. Come on. Like 
allotted more time for this. Say their names. There you go. Keep coming. Okay. What about those that didn't serve in the military? What about those who served the church just as heroically? What about them? Say their names. Mary Prizer. Dale Berry. Paramount in my life that Packardine and I met this church growing up. Paramount. Made me who I am today. My wife knows because she hears me talk about it all the time. Come on. Say their names. Keep going. Say their names. Yeah. Say their names. God knows their names. Say their names. I'm not going to say their names. Mike Baker. Recent guys. Yeah. 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 See? Coming to you, aren't they? Yeah. I was just thinking about her, Craig. That's a long time ago, Craig. I think we still have the paddle with the pad on it somewhere. <laughs> Hung downstairs for a long time. <laughs> Nellie Bays, yeah. 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 Judy Melvin. Bob Kenworthy. Yeah. See? Whether you say him or not, you know him. God knows him. You know what, friends? God knows your name. He does. Our passage from Isaiah came at a time of great difficulty in the life of the nation of Israel. So much difficulty, in fact, that the nation thought that God had forgotten them. So God speaks through Isaiah to remind them that God has not forgotten about them. In fact, God said he is leveling the mountains. He is raising the highways, making the path back to God. Safe and level for his people. That's what he said. My wife and I just went on a trip. Along with my son and daughter-in-law. And their children. And plus one. And we traveled a lot of roads. Some of them were straight. And some of them weren't. Some were up like this. Some were like this. And let's face it. Some of them were a lot easier than others. And everybody I know... Once the easy one to where you're going, the good one. When we talk about roads, this is what we'll often say. Well, that, that's good road. Kind of good to know. Some of them aren't. But God wants to make the road to him a good one. It isn't sometimes. But God hasn't forgotten you. He wants to make the road to him a good one. 
And then God says, I have inscribed you on my palms. This may be one of the shortest messages I've given in years. It may be, may be perceived more shallow than some that I typically bring. But I think we got to get this one. In other words, God said, I have written your name on my palms. In fact, if you read the New Living Translation, it isn't described as written. Do you ever remember writing something on your palm? Anybody? You did it. Why? Because you wanted to remember something. But God did it because he cannot forget. You ought to write that down. Jonathan, you might want to post that somewhere. Or John, wherever. You guys, listen. You might write something in your palm so you remember something. God does it because he can't forget. And he won't forget. But how does God write our names on his palm? Well, we have to look at the Gospels for the answer. Remember that Thomas had not been present when the risen Christ appeared to the other disciples. And so Thomas is grief-stricken, and he's, he's in a bad way. And, and so he doesn't believe that they've actually seen God. They have, they don't, he doesn't believe they've seen him. And so, because he's dead, you know. So he, he can't believe that. And, you know, like I've said to you before, I've worked in a funeral home for years. I've never seen a dead person get up and walk around. I, I, I did, I've seen him do some bizarre things, but never that. Okay? And so, of course, it would be hard for anybody to say it and believe it, you know, wouldn't it? You would think you were delusional. You would think, oh, I had, you know, drank too much cough syrup this morning or something, right? Something isn't right here. Of course, this happened before. It happened in the Word of God, right? Happened when Jesus resurrected, yeah? Right? We know that. So things have happened like that, but not in my lifetime. I haven't seen it. Now, the graves are going to open one day, but so far they haven't. So that would be hard for anybody to believe. But Thomas says in John 20, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Isn't that what he said? Look it up. That's what he said. And so a week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Thomas was saying, or Jesus was saying, Thomas, your name is written on my palms. Written in these nail prints. Written in my blood. Thomas, I haven't forgotten you. Nor will I. And friends, in the palms of Jesus' hands are written all of our names. Yeah? Because he cannot forget. He created you and he cannot forget you. And Ken, Jr., in Tim's names. And all of your friends and family members' names. 
are written on his palms. Why? Because Jesus died with our names written in his heart, with our names engraved on his palms, engraved by the nails, unforgettable reminders that our names are important to God. Now, sometimes in war, bodies and names get lost because it's chaotic. And what happens on a battlefield? You know, it's kind of hard to be administrative when you're in the midst of a battle. And so stuff happens. I know it because I've seen it. Sometimes people go missing. Sometimes they're presumed dead. But no remains are sometimes recovered. Sometimes remains are recovered, but no one knows who they are. You know, DNA wasn't available for all of our wars. And even then, there's got to be some sort of DNA to match it to anyway. Now, I've been to the tomb of the unknown soldier. My family has. It's a stunning feeling to visit. There are unknown, <laughs> unknown service members interred there from World War I, World War II, Korea, and at one time, Vietnam. But the Vietnam unknown has been identified, and so he has been disinterred and returned to his family in St. Louis, and so the grave is in Arlington is not filled. But the others remain. On the stone slab covering the gravesite of the World War II unknown, and symbolic for the others with him as well, there's an inscription. It reads, Here rests in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. We may not know who they are for sure. But my friends, God knows. God knows their names. He knows everything about them. Jesus wrote their names and our names as well, again on his nail-pierced palms. And if we will come to him and receive him as our personal Savior, then our names will go from his palms into the Lamb's book of life. And there they remain. And when that book is opened at judgment, those written there are going to spend e eternity with the Trinity <laughs> and all the angels and the created beings. And what a glorious day that's going to be. Friends, names matter. They mean something. And as our worship team comes, I once heard a Memorial Day sonnet. I looked for it, I struggled, I looked for it again, and I finally found it. I think it's fitting to end our message today on this Memorial Day weekend with it. Now, we may have some parties, family time, off time, activities. It's kind of chilly <laughs> for, you know, the last of May and early June in Indiana now, but maybe you're brave enough and you've got a pool warm enough to use it. But that's something you might do. Maybe you'll go for a motorcycle ride. I plan to. But whatever you do, you can spend it any way you want. It's a holiday. But remember why we celebrate it. Listen to the words. 
If liberty means anything to me, I will remember what my freedom cost. By those who gave their all to keep me free, whose lives were sacrificed but never lost, I will remind myself of what they did and keep them dearly cherished in my heart. Their honor never from me shall be hid, and I will know they always did their part. To save our nation and its people here, to pledge their lives in defense of our ways, to show that freedom always outlives fear, and sacrificed is hallowed all of our days. If liberty means anything to me. Thanks for listening to the Free Life Community Church Podcast. For more great biblically sound teaching, visit freelifecc.com.